Well, it's podcast time. Um, I Right off the top, I've got to cover the games from last season before they're gone forever after the draft here. Uh, so I believe we've got to cover the AFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl. So the AFC Championship game was... Oof, it was tough to watch. Uh, Cleveland won 45 to nothing, and yeah, tough to watch. Evan Lane had a perfect passer rating, and Lamar Thornhill had pretty much the opposite. Evan Lane threw five touchdowns and zero interceptions, and Thornhill threw zero touchdowns and five interceptions. So that's not good. Uh, for the Patriots, anyway. <clears throat> um, looking at the stats, uh, looks like Tavon Rucker had a nice day with uh, 139 yards, and the Patriots did not attempt a rush. Is that right? It can't be right. Um, Tavon Rucker also had 100 yards receiving, along with Delonte Blair, at tight end, having 141 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And the Patriots only had two receptions all game. I think Madden is being really poor right now. This None of this can be right. Because Thornhill had 11 completions, but only two players caught one pass each. That doesn't make any sense. Um, So I'm going to stop looking at the stats. That's dumb. Anyway, uh, the Browns were exceptionally effective with their screen game, uh, which everybody tends to have trouble defending. Uh, And then Delonte Blair, as I said, had 140 yards and two touchdowns and just kept running flag routes from the second tight end position, and the Patriots just couldn't cover it, or maybe they wouldn't cover it. I don't know, but um, it seems like there's got to be an adjustment there. Now, it shouldn't have been as bad as 45 to nothing, um, but I, I don't think anybody was going to beat this Browns team this year unless they had some sort of self-destructive mistakes, uh, which they didn't. Um, but still, I think the Patriots got to put up a better better performance than this. And I want to see, you know, how do we, how do the Patriots kind of sort of fix things here? Well, first of all, if one route is beating your defense, you probably need to use your control the guy covering that route and at least try to try to stop that because that was ridiculous, that corner route to the tight end. Um, that's where I'd start. Uh, another thing users are going to have to do against the Browns is figure out a way to at least slow down those screen passes. They're just too easy for the Browns to throw those screen passes. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how you do that. That's probably got to be a user control thing as well. Um, Playing man usually helps stop screens, but if you play man against the Browns, they're going to be in other ways. So somebody's going to have to figure out how to do that. I I don't know who's going to do it. Um, But how do the Patriots kind of fix things here? Well, one thing sticks out to me about what this Patriots team should be doing moving forward. So I look at their roster, and I see... Lamar Thornhill, 97 overall quarterback, bazooka arm, he's a lofting dead eye, 
he can break the first stack. He's a clutch player, pocket lead, pass lead to lead. So this guy is a great deep ball thrower. And then I look at their receivers, and they've got three outstanding receivers, two X-Factor double me's and a superstar Max Goodwin. And they have 99, 99, and 97 deep route running abilities, respectively. And their release numbers are 96, 95, and 88. And then great catch in traffic and great catch numbers. So you start to add all that up. Uh, in addition, the tight end that's currently on the roster is Clinton Hamlin, a former receiver turned tight end. I think this team needs to be trying to throw the ball vertical. Use some vertical concepts. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean force it into coverage. That doesn't necessarily mean just always verticals as the play call. Um, but they need to use those deep route running abilities, a good release, the speedy tight end, uh, and the quarterback that can bomb it down the field. I think that seems pretty apparent to me because I noticed in this game that Clinton Hamlin, who, again, is a receiver turned tight end, uh, was doing an awful lot of blocking and not a lot of route running. And that's probably not the thing he's going to be good at. So, anyway, uh, there's some unsolicited advice. I hate to do that without charging my normal fee. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to disrupt the balance of power in the AFC by doing that uh, because the second best team in the AFC just got beat 45 nothing. So, hopefully they can close that gap a little bit. Uh, moving on to the Super Bowl. This was a pretty good game. Um, <clears throat> that Patriots defense, which is really, really good, one of the best defenses in the league. That's something the pa or the Panthers. I'm sorry, Panthers uh, really worked to make their defense the best in the league. Did a pretty good job against this Browns team. The problem was the Browns just didn't make mistakes. They were really efficient. Uh, the Panthers slowed down the screen game, uh, made it a little difficult to throw some of the passes down the field. Although that's ultimately what got them. Uh, and they did a decent job against the run. And, and the Panthers did okay on offense. Moved the ball well enough to score 21 points. Uh, this was a 31-21 Browns victory. But once again, Evan Lane had a perfect passer rating. And that's just tough to beat. Uh, I'm not sure what else to say about that. Yeah, Tavon Rucker, 22 carries, 81 yards. So not terribly efficient, but when you have the lead, you don't have to be running the ball. You just got to keep working at it. Uh, the real star here was Diamond Payne, who had six catches for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, whenever the Panthers were in cover two man, that was when Diamond Payne just killed him out of the slot. So, uh, like I said, pretty good game. If the Browns had made one mistake at any point, I think it would have gotten really interesting, but they didn't. And this is an excellent Browns team, so that's just kind of the way things go. I'm looking at the stats to see if there's anything else interesting. Oh, yeah, Ace York was, was a big factor in this one. He had four sacks, and it seemed like they all came at big times, too. Really caused problems for the Panthers. So that's another Browns Super Bowl victory. Uh, I believe they've been to the Super Bowl 47 times in a row now, and I think they've won maybe four in a row. So a lot of Browns dominance going on, and they're going to have pretty much the same team back next year. Uh, the year after that, they're going to start losing players, but if somebody wants to beat them next year, you're going to have to be at the very top of your game. 
So that recaps the, is it the 2036 season? 2035 season. Um, so uh, congratulations to the Browns. So we also have a few development traits that changed in the offseason uh, that we'll get to real quick. And I, I don't know what caused these in some cases, but... Apparently, uh, Doug Cochran and Devontae Todman, both defensive ends for the Panthers, went to Superstar. And I I don't know why. I don't know if it's stats. I don't know if it just says, hey, the Panthers always have Superstar defensive ends. We better just give them two more. But that's what happened. So Doug Cochran is 25 years old. I think this will be the last year of his current contract. Uh, he's an 88 overall player. He is unfakeable. So everybody on that Panthers defense is unfakeable, um, which is useful. Um, maybe not the most exciting ability. But then Devontae Todman uh, is an X-Factor. This is his third year in the league. Uh, reinforcement. Uh, he excels in all situations when he enters the zone. So that's a really handy one to have. He's an 86 overall, pretty young player. So he'll just be getting better. So a superstar on an X-Factor for the Panthers on their defensive line. And then for the the Browns, Diamond Payne became a superstar. That, that doesn't seem like a very big surprise. He had enormous statistics in his rookie year playing in the slot there for the Browns. <clears throat> I'll go look at him real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as of right now, I'm looking at the Browns week one. They have three receivers on the roster. So that's interesting. I wonder what the plan is here. Diamond Payne, after his first year in the league, he's an 89 overall superstar. Holy crap. He's an in-and-out elite. So he can run in-routes and out-routes, uh, and he'll break in and out of them really quickly. And since he's already very quick, then that's going to be pretty useful. And then for the Patriots, their free safety, that's the Panthers, not the Patriots. Their free safety, <clears throat> who I believe was a corner before, uh, Clifford Rachel, Rachal, Rachal, Clifford Rachal, it's French. Uh, he became a superstar. He's 29 years old, so a little late in his career for this development. But you take whatever you can get. And he's an acrobat, so he jumps farther to break up passes and get to the ball. And zoned out. Defenders with disability force more catch knockouts and react quicker in zone coverage. So there you go. Not going to pick it off, but he'll knock it out a little more often. So those are the, the development traits at the end of the year. And I think uh, we're already working on getting more of them for some teams this year. Now I'm going to have to come up with a, uh, a nice little sound, intro sound bite, uh, sound effect for this segment, the draft grades, because this has basically become the flagship segment of this podcast. So it really needs a great sound drop. I'm going to have to work on that. I'm going to have to find something. Uh, but for right now, there's nothing. So we're doing the draft grades now. Just remember, 
you're unhappy with these draft grades or questioning them, remember that these are determined by scientific methods. Uh, there, there is an algorithm. It's a very important algorithm. Uh, it was partially developed by former NASA, NASA scientists, as well as some of the greatest minds uh, that have ever impacted the sport of football. I have not said the name Lombardi, but there it is. Uh, so anyway, we'll get draft grades. I will give my thoughts. My thoughts are just my thoughts. They're really not all that accurate. They're more opinion. But the draft grade, that's the scientific part. That's the part that means everything for your team. So if we'll start with the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots traded up um, kind of at the last second up to number six to get Andrew Hageman at running back. And I think he's a pretty good running back. Uh, I liked him in the draft. He's got 90 speed. You, you might wish that you, he was a little faster there, but he'll be really useful. He'll be a really solid running back. He's a 77 overall, I believe. Yep. Uh, which is pretty high for running back. Running backs usually start a little lower because they progress quickly. And I think they're going to be pleased with him. If the Patriots start him as the backup for this season, I'm done with the Patriots. You don't take a top 10 player and then let him be your backup. So he should be the starter and he should do well. Uh, they took, I think it was Elijah Warner uh, at 14 overall, 72 overall defensive end. That's lower than I thought Warner was going to be. I thought he was going to be a pretty solid defensive end, and I bet that he's going to develop pretty well. So I think that's a pretty good pick. At right guard, uh, one of the best value picks of the draft, Gutierrez, or Gutierrez perhaps. Um, this is early in the second round. He's a 76 overall. That's going to be a good player. And then Jay Hepburn at defensive tackle. This is Aubrey Hepburn's uh, grandson. And you can see the family resemblance when you look at his picture. He's a 71 overall defensive tackle. Uh, I don't know if he's even going to get on the field, really. Um, so some depth there. And then in the third round, a left tackle, 65 overall, and a receiver, 65 overall. Those are depth picks. They're okay. In the third round, you'd hope you'd get better than 65 overall. But to be honest, this draft, after you got out of kind of the middle of the second round, there was not a lot that was really great, uh, unless you were looking for a kicker. Uh, a couple of teams got great kickers. The Browns were not one of them. But, so, okay depth there. So, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-road draft for the Patriots. They get a B-. Uh, we move on to the Panthers. The Panthers ended up with the number one overall pick. And at number one, they took Benjamin Vaughn, an 80-overall cornerback. Uh, this guy's got good skills. He's got great speed at 96. Uh, good man coverage. He's going to be a stud. That's a great pick for them. The Panthers always seem to be in perfect position to take the best corners. So they continue that tradition. Um, and then with their second pick in the middle of the first round, they took Burrell at right, out, right outside linebacker. He's a 73 overall. Good kind of coverage guy. He, he'll be all right. Um I haven't looked at the Panthers roster, but it seems like they always have linebackers. So I don't know if they needed him, but um, maybe there was a cap casualty I didn't pay attention to. Uh, early in the second round, they took a quarterback, 66 overall Lafferty. It'll be interesting to see if the Panthers aren't trying to groom him and move on from Toby Clemens. 
uh, as Clemens is getting up there in age a little bit, and he just can't win the big game, and he's had a lot of interceptions throughout his career, and of course he's expensive, so I don't know what the plan is there. I don't know if they feel like Lafferty has the skills. Maybe that's something they're evaluating this year, but perhaps the heir apparent. If not, it's kind of a high pick to use on a backup quarterback, so we'll see what happens. Uh, LaRon Jackson at wide receiver, also in the second round, 70 overall, uh, 91 speed, so that's a decent player. Can be a slot receiver or something like that. And then we got a right tackle that was a 70. That's an excellent pick that late. And then a defensive tackle that's a 60, and that's not so good. So until you got to some of the middle, later picks, the Panthers drafted very, very well. So the Panthers get a B. Moving on to the Packers. Uh, The Packers got fairly aggressive and moved up to get Josh Darby at corner with the second overall pick. One of the fastest players we've seen uh, for quite a while. 97 speed and good uh, man coverage abilities. And he'll probably develop quite nicely for them as a 78 overall. The third overall player um, took Wall at right tackle. Uh, in the second round, he's a 72 overall. He's probably going to have to play for him. Um, not a hidden development trait, so a little disappointment there for the Packers. Uh, Amari Trailer, left end, also in the second round, a 71 overall. He will contribute. Uh, took a left guard in the third round, and he's a 70 overall, and he's going to play too. And then corner and receiver, and I think there was an, even a, maybe another DB later, and a fullback and some other stuff. Uh, both those guys in the third and fourth round were 64 overalls, so a little bit of a disappointment. But again, this draft was a little light in that area. So the Packers get an A+. Moving on to the Chiefs, uh, two first-round picks, and... They were right next to each other at 21 and 22. And the Chiefs took Malik Howard at left tackle, 74 overall. That's a pretty good pick. Um, And I think this guy's name is Felder at defensive tackle, 70 overall. You really hope to do better in the first round than 70 overall. Uh, But if he's a hidden development trait, then he can perhaps um, develop and, and become a very good player. Uh, in the second round, free safety, that's 66 overall, 89 speed, so that's an okay player. Uh, then a center, that's a 65 overall. Then a corner, that's a 58, that's in the fourth round, and a D-tackle, that's a 61. So, not a very impressive draft. Um, that left tackle, you know, that he's going to play for him. And then they they got high hopes for the D-tackle and maybe the free safety. So this is a B-minus draft for the Chiefs. And finally for the Browns, uh, Miles Brown, appropriately named, uh, as strong safety was their first pick at number 11 after they traded down. Uh, They might have traded down twice, I don't remember. Uh, He's a pretty solid player. Uh, as far as user teams go, a little slow in the foot speed uh, at 89 speed, but uh, really good everywhere else, and I, I think he'll be just fine. 
Uh, he's a 78 overall, so nice value at the 11th pick. And then their other first-round pick is also a safety. It's a free safety, Big B, 91 speed, 70 overall. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best pick at that part of the draft, but he's going to play. Um, so we'll see how that works out for him. I don't think he was a hidden development trait, so they may have to try and get him some big games where he can maybe improve. And then after that, their players go 70, 70, 67, 63. Uh, that's a left tackle and a right tackle and a center. So a lot of offensive linemen there that I don't know if they're going to be playing. Uh, and then Bullard, the kicker, was the 63 and ended up um, being, uh, as a fourth-round draft pick, I think he was still the third-best kicker in the draft or maybe even the fourth-best. So not up to the Browns' usual standards there. The Browns get a B-. minus. Well, I think that's going to do it for the podcast today. No more special segments or anything like that. Uh, as you can maybe tell, my voice isn't doing great. I've had what I believe is a cold. I'm certain it's a cold. Um, but I wasn't allowed to go to work while I had it, and... Um, the doctor wanted me to get a COVID test, so I'm awaiting the results of that. So everybody will get to hear on the podcast about uh, if I have COVID or not. And at this point, I might be all right with getting it because I've already uh, I'm already halfway through the quarantine period. So if, you know if if everybody's got to get it, which I don't know if that's the case, but if I got to get it, I might as well just get it now since I've already done half the time, so to speak, uh, and then be immune to it and move on. Um, but just a reminder, uh, I'm really looking for people to report on their own games uh, coming up in the future, or at least attempt to, particularly the games that are not televised or I am not able to watch. That'd be very helpful. Um, and, and if there are any other ways people want to get involved with the podcast, please just jump in and do them, leave a voice recording or something of of that nature, and... Uh, and I will be sure to include it. Until next time.